According to my Zoom channel, it says we are live on YouTube. Welcome, everybody, to Divi Chat. This week, we're going to talk about blogging with one of our favorite platforms, Divi. And before we get this awesome topic started, let's go around and let everybody introduce themselves. And we're going to start with ladies first. Hi, Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios. You can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on socials. Fantastic. I'm going to go right below for me, Sarah. Nathan. Hey, yeah. Um, Nathan B. Weller here, content manager at Elegant Themes. And of course, blogging is very close to my heart. So I'm excited about this uh, conversation. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, it's at Elegant Themes just about everywhere. And Nathan may know a thing or two about blogging with page builders. So <laughs> we don't actually do much of it. Well, none of it officially, but I, I play around. Don't, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Burst their bubbles. Tim. Hey, everybody. Tim Streifler here. And you can find me online at divilife.com, wpgears.com, and timstreifler.com. Fantastic. Hey, Josh. Hey, everybody. I'm Josh Hall based in Columbus, Ohio, using Nathan Weller's old uh, Yeti microphone <laughs> that's still holding true for me until I can uh, get some nice gear like Tim and David. But, hey, uh, I got the Yeti. Hey, hey Sarah still got it. Don't I love it. Be friends. Well, I am Josh Hall. You can find me at joshhall.co where I have all of my Divi and WordPress stuff. Thanks, guys. Fantastic. Hey, Corey. Hello there, um, Corey Jenkins coming at you from Prescott AEZ. You can find me at aspengrovestudios.com, divi.space, uh, divi.chat, and all kinds of interesting and fun places. Awesome. My name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios, Divi Space, and WP Gears. Uh, I would tell you to go find me all over the show socials. I do have those handles, but... Uh, I don't personally ever use them. So look for the Divi space in the Aspen Grove studio. Unless you're at a word camp, right? Unless I'm at a word camp. <laughs> That's right. My friends tell me I, I do social media wrong. So <laughs> in massive year. bursts. In massive yeah. bursts. <laughs> Once every couple Five, months. 500 posts in a day. <laughs> David's at a conference. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about blogging with page builders. And I know some of the people here have some experience with different page builders. Obviously, we all have a lot of experience with our preferred page builder, Divi, because we're on Divi Chat. And um, I think I'll start off with a little story of why I like the ability to blog with page builders versus the WordPress WYSIWYG editor. A few years ago, uh, I guess I was probably using Divi for I want to say it was out for at least a year and a half at this time. And I remember this blog coming out that was full width and they had like obliterated the sidebar and stuff and they had went and uh and i just thought it was elegant amazing i mean it was just beautiful and stunning and for me you know the content the quality of the content's obviously very important but for me visual has always been an, and a factor that has appealed to me as well so seeing that blog post in a full layout with all of the power and flexibility that you could do with a web page as opposed to just a, a blog post just like really blew my mind. I got super excited about it and I've been uh, excited about blogging with page builders ever since. So um, I'm looking forward to this topic and, and uh, hearing what these guys have to say about blogging with page builders. And that's my little story and I'm sticking to it. Um, does anybody want to dive in here? with blogging with page builders or do I want to fire some questions at you guys? I could offer just a, a couple two cents there because I do <laughs> both. I, I blog on my sites generally with the Divi builder. And then if I ever blog for this little site called elegant themes, there is, <laughs> you don't use any sort of builder or anything. It's all, it's all natural. If you will, it's all <laughs> HTML. <laughs> yeah. So there's um. There's pros and cons to both. I mean, I, I'm sure that from a loading perspective that, you know, just going HTML is probably a great way to go from, from site speed and loading. Uh, but like to your point, David, there are some things you can do visually with the builder 
that you can probably achieve with CSS and HTML. It just takes a lot more work. I mean, I think particularly for someone who is who wants to start a blog and they're not a website designer, and if they're looking at Divi for the visual builder and they're looking at Divi to, to not have to code, then obviously a page builder is going to be the way to go. So I think there's, uh, there's some pros and cons to, to both for sure. And I've kind of enjoyed both. I mean, there are some times when I'm blogging for elegant themes where I'm like, man, I really don't want to have to go through and get into the HTML here. It'd be so much easier with the editor. But, um, but at the same time, you know, there, there are, I'm sure a lot of loading aspects that are better that way. So yeah, I think there's definitely some pros and cons. Yeah, I agree. I think there, there's some pros and cons for me. It's probably more pros than cons. Um, like the ability to add modules right there in the blog post is, it's huge. Like, so for example, on, on Divi life, I use uh, the Divi builder for the blog post and I have like a, a template um, that I use or, or a layout, I should say that I use to kind of start my, my, my blog post. Um, but I do a lot of content upgrades in my posts as a way to grow my email list. And so I'll have uh, basically a call to action module and uh, it'll trigger a, a Divi overlay where, where people will put in their email address to get whatever the freebie is for that post. And so um you know, I do that using the, uh, the Divi call to action module. And so having that, and obviously there's ways to do it. There's other plugins out there and stuff, but use being able to use it with the Divi builder just makes it so easy. And then, uh, another example is like during, um, I don't know, it was a sale. Maybe it was black Friday. I don't remember exactly. I, I was able to just use the shop module and pull in, you know, a couple of products right there in the blog post. And so, um, you know, again, there's other ways to do it, but just having the convenience, uh, using the tool that I'm most comfortable with, which is Divi and all the modules, it just made it super easy. So for me, those are the pros getting to, to do added stuff like that. Um, I haven't really done any of kind of like the story, like really complex design type of blog posts that um, I think were used as a lot of examples when um, the Divi builder was first brought to blog posts. Um, but yeah, just being able to use the modules is key. In terms of cons, I would say... Um, and again, these can kind of be alleviated. Um, well, I agree with what Josh said with the page speed. I think as long as you have good hosting and good caching and all that, it's not going to really come into play so much for me. It's more making changes to like, for me using a layout, um, like if I do a redesign, I'm gonna have to go back and stuff and, and make changes there. Um, I don't have too many blog posts. It's not too big of a deal, but you know, if I had hundreds of blog posts, it could get a little bit tedious. Um, and so I'm looking forward to one of the sneak peeks that have happened, um, which is being able to, uh, I think it's officially called the theme builder, right? Nathan, yep. where you can uh, create Dynamic blog templates. Those two yeah. things working together are going to be a game changer for blogging with builders. Exactly. So I'm kind of holding off, waiting for that to come out. Cause then I'm going to, you know, kind of re redo things and yeah. Basically it's not a bit like a, the, a um, injector plugin that's out. Um, Partially. Maybe a bit, but it's it's a lot more than than what that's doing. Like the injector is adding the builder into areas, like into content areas. But the the uh, dynamic content would be essentially like, say you create a custom post type or a custom field, um, or you or there's an existing post type or field. Um, you can actually assign a specific piece of content from a builder layout to go into that. So when you update that, it always displays there. So awesome. what you could do is create these like um, layout templates for blog posts so that awesome. like, let's say your your date you want to show up is like big blocky letters out to the side and be all stylized and like your author image is over to one side and it kind of goes down with the post so you can get like the socials and the, and the author bio and image right there along as you read. So that kind of stuff will actually be possible when you're able to... Um, you know, use dynamic content to link the author info to a specific module. Awesome. Um, so, and then, then you can make it a template with the theme builder and it'll just do that every single time without that's you great. having to do I, Like, honestly, I think that's the thing that's really holding blogging back with Divi at the moment. And so when I first started making, I mean, if I was doing it for me, of course I'm going to use the Divi builder because I feel really comfortable with the Divi builder, but for some clients, they're not very tech savvy. And so when I set up like a template for them and then they load the template, inevitably they forget to make it full width and they forget to make it, um, there's two no settings you have to change on the side every time. Oh, remove the sidebar. So without doubt, 
they forget to do that. And then they like launch it and then they email me going, I don't know why, but it just looks really funny. And it just, and I think, oh my gosh. So for those kind of clients, I've ended up using the injector plugin just purely because then I can set up the stuff around it. I can make it look the way. And then they just type in usual old um, editor, their little content, because those kind of clients aren't the ones who are wanting to add images and like, you know, like crazy things. They don't need the Dibby Builder for their actual post. We just want the Divi Builder for like the overall look of it. So when there's something like that, that will definitely be a game changer for our clients who just really aren't very tech savvy, but they'd still like it to look like the Divi Builder when they're doing their typing. Because I think clients love what the Divi Builder looks like. Like they love writing in the text module editor because it looks like Microsoft Word compared to back over at like the boring one. I, th I think it would be great to be able to have those two things meshed together. That would be amazing. Until Gutenberg comes up and comes out and just screws everything up. <laughs> <laughs> I was just getting ready to say I, I spent some time to prep for this by actually using Gutenberg on a on a um just a local site to play around with blogging with it. And I gotta say, like I it se it really seems to me that I mean, and it, and it seems really obvious now that I think about it, but like one of the primary early hurdles of Gutenberg was making sure that the writing experience itself was still like the top priority because, you know, if you're replacing the basic editor of WordPress and the mission of your organization is still to democratize publishing, then you better not throw out the writing experience with, you know, the old editor. It better be an actual improvement on writing experience um, and then bring all the other stuff that, that you want to when you get into the page builder world. And so right now, you know, when I write in Gutenberg, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is extremely pleasant. I think there are some, you know, shortcomings that they'll have to overcome. Um, the big one right now being that like, you know, if I'm truly going to um, uh, you have like a page builder type experience within a blog post, I don't want every single paragraph to be its own block, you know, or at the very least, I want the ability to easily group um, like paragraphs and apply the same styling to all of them, which I think, you know, I don't know from a development perspective how hard that would be, but it would, the one thing that I, I can, that I think about is like, if I write a 3000 word blog post in sales copy, <laughs> which is like one to two lines per paragraph. And every single one of those is its own block. That is a nightmare for doing edits too, <laughs> in terms of stylization. So that's like the one thing that I feel like, you know, if they make any tweak, it would be that like that the ability to like select multiple blocks at once and like merge them into a single block and then, and then, or, or to select a bunch of blocks at once and apply the exact same stylings. Um, if they can do that, then I think, you know, blogging with Gutenberg will be probably the, um, in terms of writing experience only, the like premier builder writing experience, because that's where they started. They're like, we need something that is a superior editor to what we're used to. And that has page builder, like other page builder elements to it that, you know, products like Divi have made really popular. So that's that's kind of like what I think the immediate future of blogging with builders is going to start with is like in a weird way, even though it's super late to the party, I think Gutenberg is going to lead the way in terms of the writing experience, but they have a long way to go in terms of usability and power and flexibility um, on the builder side of things. Corey, did you get all those notes? Did you take notes down? <laughs> I got them. I got them. For our Gutenberg <laughs> box. That's going um, <laughs> Well, luckily, do you think that's going to overcomplicate. Go ahead, go ahead, Jen. Go, Jen. <laughs> do you think that's going to overcomplicate things unnecessarily? Because, like what Sarah was saying, like for her clients, they can just you know add new posts, add a title, and then add a content and edit it in a way that they're familiar with with a, a Word doc type of thing. Does the block experience with Gutenberg does it make it unnecessarily overcomplicated? Do you think? No, I don't think so at all. In fact, if you're just writing. Um, and you're doing nothing but like typing words and hitting return every time you want to start a new paragraph, it's as if there's not a builder present. It's like, it's, it's just like when we talked about, you know, going visual uh, on the, the Divi builder and how our goal was like an invisible UI that only kind of showed up when you needed it. That's it's maybe even more so with Gutenberg in terms of the writing of a blog post is like, you just start writing. And if you don't ever do anything, but hit enter, nothing appears on your screen, but the text that you're working on. So in that okay. sense, it's a very clean 
uncluttered writing experience that is really, really pleasant. Um, and even the thing, the other thing that I really like about it too, is like when you, you know, the way I blog now is in straight HTML and because I'm doing it in straight HTML, I don't want to take the time as I'm writing to, to do things like images and stuff. Instead, I just put the word images or image in a bracket with like a description of the screenshot I want. And so as I'm writing, I'll just go uh, paragraph and then I'll bracket image colon short one to one word, one sentence description of the screenshot or image that I want bracket paragraph. And then I keep writing and it kind of is a very smooth flow. Well, you get a version of that in Gutenberg, but it's actually an image block that is just place holding where the image is going to be. And then when you go back, you just hit upload and you add your image to it or drag your image on top of that. So it's a very pleasant like writing experience. It gets out of the way of the blogger. I think a lot of people are going to be pleasantly surprised who are content creators when they get into Gutenberg about how really nice that experience is. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I was going to say, um, and, and this comes from some experience with a, with a client. I think there's a point when, when you are blogging with builders that um, they, they kind of take the focus away from the actual like content that they're putting in there. Absolutely. And, and you can worry too much about the design. And I think the number one obstacle that people have about blogging and creating content is just doing it and, and getting yeah. it done, you know, and the more elements you throw in there and then they're worried about, well, you know, this isn't stacking like I want it to be on mobile. So, you know, I, I always suggest like use the builder, but, but keep it like, keep it linear. Cause you know, I mean, something can look beautiful on desktop, but you don't want to go through and have to like, you know, <laughs> like optimize everything for, for mobile. Cause if you're using all kinds of modules and different things, um, you know, it looks great on desktop. It might not be the best experience on, on mobile. So mm. I always try to, you know, just, you know, and, and it is good to have those templates set up. They can pull them from the library, have like your post title module and then text and then an image and, and just try to keep it as linear as possible. When I'm, when I'm blogging with Divi, I don't, I don't even write in WordPress. So I have a completely different workflow and, and here's why, I mean, here's my, my thought process on it. And I think Gutenberg, if it ever gets to the builder, if the maturity of Gutenberg ever gets to the place where the other major page builders are at uh, right now, if it becomes a full fledged page builder and full fledged site builder, it's going to have the same writing flow problems that anybody else does. So, so here's the thing, like if you're designing, say a brochure in InDesign, you don't write the content in InDesign. If you're creating a flyer or a graphic in Photoshop, you don't add all your text in Photoshop or come up with it there and use it as a text editor. That's not what it's for. It's for designing and styling. And so I would say that the primary objective of, of the top tier page builders right now in WordPress, it's about styling and designing. You know, Gutenberg doesn't have to worry about rows, sections, multi-columns, all this stuff. It's just one block stacked on top of the other. And in that sense, the simplicity plays to, is a, is a strength in terms of the writing experience. But as soon as it starts playing with all those things, it's not going to be as simple as hitting enter anymore and getting a new block. There's going to be more considerations to be made. Um, and that's currently where the top tier builders like Divi and Elementor and Beaver Builder, we're all in that world where, you know, every time you want to add a new element, you know, there are a ton of things that come along with that. And it's not going to be as simple as just hitting return. Hey there, <laughs> hitting return and seeing, you know, the next paragraph form. So what I do when I'm creating content specifically for a poster page that I'm going to build in Divi, I, I go into my favorite writing apps. I open up Scrivener. Like I have a whole blog where I'm writing everything in Scrivener or in, um, what was the other one I used for a while that I loved, but they, they changed their pricing model and, um, I use Evernote for that. Yeah, Evernote's great. Uh, Bear's I, good. I haven't used it, but I've heard it's good. Yeah, Bear's pretty good. There was one that was <laughs> like, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I'm forgetting what it was because I used it religiously, but I haven't had it open in so long because they changed their pricing model and it really annoyed me. They switched <laughs> from... Well, they, so I left because I was mad. Oh, Ulysses is what it's called. Oh, yeah, I've heard that's um, good. I love it. It's it's actually an exceptional writing experience, but the the thing that I didn't like about it was that they in terms of their business models, they they took people who signed up one way and they changed their business model so that if you ever um 
if you ever upgrade from your current version and you were like a legacy customer, you have to go on a monthly subscription. And I was like, I didn't sign up for a monthly subscription. I paid, you know, I, I think at most I paid for annual, but, um, but they changed their price. So it was like the same price you paid for your original signup. That was now like a monthly expense. And it's like, I don't write that much. Like I'm a, I'm a writer as a living. <laughs> Nathan, that's annoying. Nathan, you might know this cause I think you're more well-versed with Gutenberg than anyone else, but so one of the biggest issues with just WordPress in general with the WordPress text editor is when you're writing stuff in the visual mode and you're adding headings and mm-hmm. bullet points and numbers, and then you switch over to text to add a video or embed something, you publish the post, you go back to it, and all your styling is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been the issue that I'm sure all of us have faced with WordPress in general is that when you're toggling between visual and text editor, those all that HTML can very easily get lost. Now, there is a plugin that I wanted to mention that I use now called TinyMC Advanced, which will yeah. usually lock in all those styles. Um, that way you can toggle back and forth. But I know like on the Elegant Themes blog, we can't even use the visual editor. We have that disabled. Mm-hmm. So we're just locked in the text editor. Do you know with Gutenberg, if that's something that they've addressed or solved with that? Because I, I mean, that's the issue for everyone, including all my clients who will do something in the visual mode and then they end up embedding a video and then whoop, it's gone. And they're like, Hey, why is everything broken? You know, I might have to do more testing, but I have, I did specifically do that with, uh, my test posts was I, I wrote test posts. Um, and then I switched them between the Gutenberg visual editor and the Gutenberg code editor. I saved them and then I previewed them and then I went back and switched them back and saved and previewed again and nothing changed. So, um, that's not, you know, super scientific, but that was like my lazy man's test of, of, of that kind of common problem. And at least I totally thought that was a Divi issue. I didn't realize that was like a WordPress wide issue. No, I've had it on like almost every WordPress blog I've ever had. Yep. Yep. Regarding. Yeah, well, surely they're going to address it then if it's WordPress wide. Yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, at least in my few tests, it hasn't seemed to be an issue at all. And it's kind of interesting, like their their code editor looks, I, I hope they add um, semantic highlighting to their code editor because right now um, it's cleaner than the current text editor is, but it's not like, it's still not as good as it could be in terms of the uh, like when you compare it to the pleasantness of Gutenberg's visual side like I feel like there's some stuff that they could add but again I mean this is like a pre-release beta plugin so I'm you know I know I think it's probably a lot of people will be like well of course you know the Divi person might be like condescending or <laughs> or overcritical of Gutenberg but you know I actually think it's pretty good for what it's trying to do right now which is you know replacing the the old editor as a writing tool Gotcha. Yeah. And I, Corey, I think you made a good point with clients. It's probably worth talking about because I have some clients who are pretty savvy and I would feel comfortable turning over uh, a couple templates that they could adjust with the Divi builder. But most of my clients, I just am probably going to just want them to, to just do text. If they want to add a gallery, maybe I'll show them how to do that with the visual builder, but I don't know what's your guys' experience with that. When you turn a site over to a client who wants to blog. Mine's I've literally never... like 50-50, I reckon. Like I used to always give them the Divi Builder and then I had so many bad experiences with clients, like not even not knowing how to turn on full width and turn off the sidebar. So even just that stuff, actually as like a little Divi thought there, um, you know, if you could make those like automatic settings for blog, <laughs> that'd be really useful because um, they're the major things that for my clients, mm-hmm. like, they don't get stuck in the actual builder itself, but they get really stuck with remembering to make those two setting changes. But I, yeah, I just got to this point with a lot of clients. And then I've also got another client, which similar to the, I remember who said before, but that thing where we were like ages into their blog, like a year into their blog where they'd been blogging regularly. And then they suddenly wanted to make a change and it was before global editor. And so in the template, we hadn't used global modules. And so it meant that we had to go through every single one of their blogs and like change this thing at the bottom. And it was just a nightmare. And we did change them into global modules at that point, which was great because then when they needed to change again, it was okay in the future. So using global modules, I think is the lifesaver for if you're going to blog with Divi or a builder, using global modules is probably the only thing that really saves you. If you're going to have a lot of blogs, I mean, if they're not going to have a lot, it doesn't really matter. 
Um, but yeah, that's one major point. Yeah, and that's that's why I can't wait for the the theme builder and the templates yeah. with the dynamic content because it's going to be basically what you described with the the yeah. global modules only. Which would be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, they're just going to see, you know, the WordPress editing experience. And then that way you can change things globally in the template um, and not have to worry about the global modules. Yeah, I I just think, you know, I mean, mean, if you look at WordPress, uh, people who who, um, blog a lot, um, you know, they just keep it simple. I mean, I know Elegant Themes, their posts are are pretty simple. Um, Of course, you know, there are those times you come out with a new product, you want to get really flashy with it. But if, if you're putting out content, you know, three, four blog posts a, a week, um, you're just, you're spinning your wheels trying to make every, every post look fancy. So I, I try to let the client know there's a difference between a page and a post. The page is going to stay somewhat static. That's going to be your sales page or about us page. You want those to look nice, focus on those. But, you know, when, when you're blogging, especially nowadays with a, uh, you know, uh, you know, the SEO algorithms and, and things like that and how important it is to put out a lot of content. Um, you know, so, sometimes you just got to blog and, uh, and, you know, just put it out there. Um, you know, of course, make sure, you know, all the paragraphs look nice and the spacing is good. But um, I, I just think you can really get lost in design as opposed to content. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I totally can... agree. Having basically just uh, remove all the barriers, you know, just blog. But then I like how with Divi, you can just use, you know, the default, uh, WordPress editor. And then like you said, Corey, if there's ever like a sale or promotion or something, you want to get fancy, you can just turn on the the visual or the Divi builder for just that post and use it there, you know, to do whatever especially need to do. And then the rest of the posts, you know, you just go. Yeah. And and, and we use, um, we'll use modules, but it'll go like, uh, you know, text module, image module, text module, and then we make sure that we're really good about labeling those modules. So when you do have to jump in there, because a lot of times David or myself will have to jump in, um, and the front end editor does make it really nice, but if you do have to do stuff on the back end for whatever reason, um, it's, it's nice to have those like really well labeled so you can make those quick edits. That is one really big pro of a of blogging with a page builder is that when you do have a super long post, it's nice to be able to see sections and labels and things like that. I know there's been a couple of times, Nathan, on the, on the Elegant Themes blog where if I had a huge post that was on the borderline of how many words I should be posting <laughs> is I'd have a little area that I need to get to and it took me forever to find it. And then, you know, if you accidentally delete a, uh, you know, a piece of HTML or something that can break everything else. So that's definitely one pro of a page builder is being able to be able to quickly get to the section that you need to get to for sure. Absolutely. Or even just being able to click undo. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah right. So I actually helped to manage a blog in my free time uh, for uh, a nonprofit that I help run. And um, we use extra as our WordPress theme for our whole site. And then obviously the blog is powered by WordPress and extra as well. And there are, what I've done as a way of just taking like as a, as an editor or manager, and I think this would be a good path for a lot of people to, to follow if they have clients is train like one person on how to use the editor. And then everybody else just blogs in uh in the normal editor. So whether it's visual or HTML or whatever. And so what I do is I just have people submit their posts. Just re- I taught them all how to use the basic editor. Cause that's really unintimidating, easy for them to use. And then when they submit the post, what I do is I do like a proofread in the normal editor. And then I hit switch to Divi builder and it just puts their whole post in a, in a single text module. And then if I want to, you know, get crazy with it and add stuff, I just hit the visual mode and I start breaking it up into different modules and, and adding the extra flourishes. But most of the time, at least in my experience, like every post that you want to use a builder on, there's usually like a specific reason. It's not that you want to make, you don't want to blow the doors off the whole thing. It's usually because you want to add like one or two kind of interactive or special elements, like a call to action at the bottom that's attractive and and attention grabbing. And so in those cases, I actually have like a series of um, modules. Some are just saved to the library and some are global because they are across multiple posts. And I just add those usually like underneath that text module and it makes the whole thing really simple. It's just like, you got a text module that has their entire post in it. And then the stuff that I add is already entirely or partially safe as Divi library. And I just pull it in, make sure everything's looking good and and it's ready to go. Nice. You know, one thing that's really helped me when I turn sites over to clients to blog, whether they want to use just the WordPress editor or whether they want to get dangerous with the the Divi builder (laughs) 
is, and I've talked about this numerous times before, but I have a client resources page that I've added more tutorial videos on. And it, it's tutorials from me that, I mean, you could Google and find on, on, on YouTube and stuff, but it's a basic overview of the WordPress text editor, the visual and the text side. There's a basic overview of the Divi builder and how to toggle between the two. And I would highly recommend anyone who has a decent amount of clients blogging and managing their sites to do that just because it can save you so much time if they can just refer back to those videos and get a basic understanding. And if a site is custom, you can always do a, a custom tutorial like some of us have done with our clients. But I know that saved a lot of time for me because I can just refer them there and then they can understand, oh, okay, there's a basic walkthrough of everything. So I just wanted to throw that out there because um, I spent many, many, a, many an hour going back and forth with clients in, in the, in the past years doing that. Yeah. I, I threw a, a plugin in the uh, chat here. I don't know if anybody saw it, but it was the blogging checklist plugin. This thing's crazy out of date, but I love the idea. And uh, it's basically like allows you to create a customized checklist that appears in the back end for people who are blogging on your site. And, um, and it actually won't let them finish submitting the post until they've checked everything off. And so like, that's clever. Yeah. So it's like, it would be really cool to create something like that with like where each check, each thing that you check has a link. So it's like, if I don't know how to do it, just click on it and there'll be like a quick video or how to, and then, um, and then I can check it off once I've done it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, that's what that's the comment. I put <laughs> one of y'all took this plugin over and was like, uh-huh. you know, and then maybe integrate it with uh, ago, wow. like, uh, what's the video thing we use? Loom, integrate it with Loom. Yeah, mm. it'd be amazing. Yeah, Loom is awesome. Yeah, for, for that kind of stuff for for quick client videos and yeah, like it has a little pop up and Loom pops up. Yeah, nice. and they're coming out with a desktop app and, and 4K recording, which is cool. Are they? For, for Mac users only. <laughs> I'm in. So can I ask you a question, Nathan? What sort of timeline are we looking at with this new feature thing, the builder thing? Are we looking like weeks, months, years? Like, is it a really long feature or is it kind of like no pre- nearly done? No pressure, Nathan, no pressure. Well, I don't so, mean like exact dates. I just kind yeah, of mean yeah. like a broad, is it like 2019 or? No, it's know. not 2019, but there are a few things that we have to release first. So yeah, um, the first thing we need to do in terms of like the timeline for some of these things is is uh, like in, in what's important for WordPress community in general is we got to get the BFB out the door. The, um, the basically the, well, that's our internal name for it, but basically it's the new builder experience that we just... Uh, teased um, where you get like a sort of combination of the front end builder and the back end. Um, so it's got like the wireframe interface and some other cool things added to the back end builder experience. So that's got to happen first because that merges our front end and back end code base and it, um, and it gets us ready to have a single solution that works on both front end and back end for Gutenberg compatibility. So we have to get that out and then we have to address how we're going to sync up with Gutenberg. Obviously we've got a lot of things that we've been playing with for a long time, but until it's actually here, we have, we can't like a hundred percent commit to any one of them because there's still a lot in flux, uh, which is kind of wild. Even at this late stage in the game, like we still have to wait and see just like everybody else. Um, So we have to get our kind of, compatibility with Gutenberg out before we can even think about finalizing some of these really complex features because uh, yeah. they just won't work properly otherwise. So um, basically like we, we don't tease anything until we've started work on it. So like every feature that you've seen sneak peek, we've been either, we were already either working on it for quite a time before we sneaked it or yeah. we started that week. And um and so both of these are in active development and have been for a while and they will be out the door. I would say, I mean, definitely this year, but I would say hopefully, you know, either late this summer, or early this fall, when, when we have our Gutenberg solution solidified and, and out. That's exciting. Yeah. Nathan, yeah. Yeah. Nathan, by the way, that's how we felt with uh, 3.1. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was coming. It was coming. It was coming. I know. I know. That's, that's how right. like, uh, there's so many things that these releases uh, end up being dependent on or yeah. 
or what, you know, whatever. And it's, it can be frustrating for everybody, us included. Cause you know, it's not like we want to sit on features. We want to get them out the door as yeah. soon as possible. I have a question for, I guess, David and Corey. Um, when, so you guys have a few different people blogging for, for Divi space. Is it the same for Aspen Grove? Do you have a few different writers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys give them the option to choose the two or do you have templates set up? Cause I mean, you're dealing with folks that are probably a little more advanced than your average client, obviously, but have you guys had, you know, do you have templates in place and give them the option? I'm curious how that works. Uh, we, we do allow them to pretty much use what they prefer. Um, and believe it or not, they like the WYSIWYG old WordPress editor. I don't know if it comes from, um, from other because some of them blog for other people like elegant themes and stuff. And, and I know, so they're used to a certain way. What I do is like Nathan said, I like the Divi builder, you know, because I'm not a, I don't blog. I'm not a writer and working with content and the WYSIWYG editor of WordPress, like crushes my brain. And especially when you've got images and you want them to look a certain way, I'm one of those design people that likes things to look good. So, um, We've recently started to move towards the Divi Builder with our blog posts and stuff, but they don't really need to do the design aspect of it. Um, they'll drop it in and, and do their thing, and then I'll convert it, like Nathan said, enable the Divi Builder, and it drops it all in the text module and stuff. And then yeah, I'll throw in a CTA. And... I'm kind of anal because I'll start dragging it around and putting it in a Divi Builder and stuff so that I can do, like you said, and easily go to it. Because there's nothing worse for me as a sales and marketing guy that wants to um, change something up, pivot, and want to go to something in a blog post. And then you've got like, our blog posts are usually around a minimum of a thousand words. Well, when you've got to dig through a thousand words of in, in the WYSIWYG editor, it just sucks. It Dude, sucks. Welcome to my life, man. man. I do that. Yeah. In the text I like, tab. <laughs> yeah. I like the I like the labeling that you mentioned, Josh. Yeah, and, and the visual builder is really awesome just to like just to edit and you know, just real quick. Oh, you yeah. forgot a comma or like a period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I think one of the only issues that we've ever really run into um, from um, from managing like our, our um, blogging team is with affiliates and we use like thirsty affiliates, uh, which I, I don't think the auto linking and thirsty affiliates works with the with the um, Divi builder, like if, if something's within a module, but you know, I, I know like a, like Lisa is pretty well trained and, and just, you know, adding the, adding the link in there manually now. But um, I, I think that was one of the, the only things I can really remember having trouble with is, is uh, that auto linking feature, which isn't a huge deal. But if, if you did want to go back through like, turn on the auto linking and then have it go back through every post that you've ever written, which it will do, it won't do that two things mm-hmm. in the Divi builder. It would do it to stuff in the, in the WYSIWYG and just anytime, you know, it saw like elegant themes, it would add your affiliate link to it. Sounds like thirsty affiliates needs to issue an update and fix that. Sounds like <laughs> I, I think we've actually uh, raised the issue to them, but you know how that goes. I'm curious as <laughs> to how a lot of plugins, not just like plugins like that are going to cope with the, uh, with the Gutenberg update. I mean, it's going to, they're going to run into a lot of the same problems. Right. Yeah, I, I'd imagine most of them will address it pretty quickly. Um, if, if you know, it is something like Thirsty Affiliates that's blog-centric. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. So here's a question. I feel like maybe we're all assuming that um, everybody listening or watching might be in our headspace, but uh, probably bears answering. What exactly is the benefit of using, like if it's easier to just blog in a text editor or in a, a visual editor, like on the back end, um, why add anything like the complications of any builder to that to that process? What what have you guys seen as being the big benefit of of using a builder in the first place? I see it kind of like he's jumping out of his skin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I see I see it as twofold because there's really like. Does, you know, the design of the, the, the page, right? Like almost like the template, whether you're doing that with an injector plugin, uh, custom editing the PHP file or using a Divi, you know, layout with global modules and, and saving it to the library. So that's kind of like the first thing, just making it look good, no matter what the content is. And then I feel like the second benefit would be to be able to do things 
in that post specific to that post that you can't do with normal text. So call to action modules, um, uh, you know, adding uh, forms or products, whatever. Um, so I, I feel like just it's kind three of images across, thing. like just something yeah, that's a little bit prettier than like one image. Galleries, things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have a, a, a real world example of that is recently. So I have a home inspector client who's done really well blogging and they're not posting images or anything. It's just straight content, straight text. So it's pretty easy peasy. I have them without the visual builder or, or the Divi builder in general. They just, they're posting content, making headings and bullet points and stuff like that. I have a photography studio I work with who was polar opposite. They want their blog post to be super engaging. They want to add galleries. And that's where having a page builder option is huge. Because if I were to say, okay, we're going to add this gallery here and then we've got short codes and then we've got HTML that you need to put here, they're not going to want to do that. So with the page builder, I was able to train them and send them to my client resources page so they could get a feel for the, the visual builder and the Divi builder. And uh, yeah, that's, that's been, a, I think that was a good example of like the difference between the two, the two different kind of clients. And yeah, it's, it's cool that it works either way. Like whether you use the page builder or whether you don't, it, it can work depending on the situation. I think in the simplest version, a lot of clients, a lot of what clients want is to be able to have a big image across the top and then like their text, like nice and big, and then their content on the left and a sidebar on the right. Like that's all they want. It's not like they're looking for something like super uber duper fancy. They just don't want it to be where it just goes all the way to the top and it suddenly looks completely different to the rest of their site. So I think for, I would say a good, 70% of my clients, that's all they're looking for. They're just looking for it to have a much nicer header um, that integrates a big image and their text looking nice and big and then the normal sidebar and the normal content. And in that case, this new stuff that's going to be developed will be amazing. Or using an injector plugin at the moment means they can just use the normal thing. But equally, you can teach them, load this layout, then change these things out, and then you're good to go. And it can still use the sidebar, like the normal old sidebar, through the Divi sidebar um, module. So mm -hmm. I think for a lot of clients, that's all they're looking for. They're not even looking to add images within their post. They just want text, but they want it to look pretty and they want it to match the rest of their site for the majority of them. Yeah, totally and when agree. those features come out, you won't even have to teach them how to use the builder. You'll be able to that's lock awesome. the builder. You'll be able to design the template, lock the builder down, and just say, enter your text here, and it'll show up the way that we've designed it. I mean, I'll be a tester. <laughs> I mean, I'm so excited. Like, this I have, is, like, I have a question. is the major thing that I struggle with clients because a yeah. lot of them really aren't tech savvy. They're happy to change out a little bit of text. Like, in the visual, mm -hmm. the visual editor has been a game changer for a lot of my non-tech savvy clients. But at the same time, blog posts, it's just been really tough with them. Right. I have a question, Nathan, and you might not know the answer to this, but is there a way to do both of the scenarios that we're kind of talking about? So say, for example, us being, you know, the designer design a template using the uh, features that'll be coming out soon. Uh, you know, the theme builder dynamic content, you know, to build a blog post template. And then the client comes in and decides, Hey, I want to add a countdown timer can they turn on the builder and use the builder even though it's going to be yes. already inside? Okay, so it'll be... <laughs> He's like, I'm already. Builder. I know, I know yeah. the answer. Well, because the, the, the way that the templates will work is that you'll create a template, but the the like high-level template will be like, I want this builder content to show up in this area, but you'll still have access to that builder content, if that makes sense. So it's like, let's say you're like, I want this builder act content to show up in the main content area. Well, you'll still like whatever that content is, you're still using the builder to create it. Uh, I may not be explaining that very well, but. So at the moment when someone uses like an injector plugin, they literally don't see any of the page template. They, they just see the text editor. So in this case, you're saying they will see the whole page template. Um, or will they just using, see the new let's imagine, let's imagine that you, today have built a a a layout in um in the with the divi builder for your blog posts and right now your workflow is when someone wants to add something they go to the, your divi library they load that template and then they replace the content with the new content yeah in the future what you'll be able to do is say um is create like uh custom fields and you'll be able to put your 
assign those fields to the different places throughout your, your template so that all the people like it's sort of like filling out a form, your clients will just have to fill in those fields with the, the information they want. And it will populate that template that you've assigned to your main content area. And so in the main text area, they could add like image blocks, those kind of yeah, things. Yeah, and then they could, alter the, they could alter the template or you could alter the template, either one, like however you want to do it. Um, so like, so I imagine just like right now where you have, um, so I think there's still some, like a lot of work to be done on this. So I, I don't want to misspeak or promise something that we're not considering, but the way it was explained to me or the way I'm understanding it right now is that, you know, you'll be, you can assign builder content um, to a specific part of the page, but you still have access to that, that area to edit it. So it's like same way that you can save, you can use selective sync to kind of save some things to your library that should still apply in these areas. So if you have a, if you have a blog post where you have a certain thing that is like your standard, you should still be able to get in there and add things that aren't global or, or whatever. Um, like you can do one-off changes within that and it won't affect your whole template. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I'm currently using, uh, on Divi life, a injector plugin to create a product page template. And then what I tried to do was turn on the, the Divi builder for like the main, like product description in order to, you know, add some cool things and it, it wouldn't work. It like basically broke. Cause it was like builder within builder and it just yeah. did not compute. Well, certain, so that, I think that's, uh, again, I'm not a developer, so I really hope I'm not misunderstanding this, but that to me sounds like the builder within a builder issue. But what we're doing is the, with the theme builder is it's actually, it's like adding a builder that's intended to hold other things. Like right now, Divi is not like the way it's designed currently every page builder is not intended to have a page builder inside it, but the theme builder would be designed to house or assign different Divi layouts. So that would be its, its sole purpose would be directing content to other parts of the page. So in a way it's like creating like a meta builder or like <laughs> something like that. Um, even though that's not, you know, technically what's happening, like for the end user, it's going to feel like you have the ability to just, you know, control things on a, on a, on a much higher level than you do now. I do. Awesome. I will jump in here because I feel like I'm somewhat catching up now that I've been listening for a while. I've been afraid to talk. I can't hear you, David. You're just like super quiet. How about now? Can you hear yeah, me now? Better. All right. Sorry. Um, I've kind of feel like I've caught up some. I am going to, since we're talking about this, we are doing a release, which may somewhat be what you guys are talking about. Page Builder Everywhere. We just did an upgrade to it. Should be finished hopefully this week, which will allow you to, I'm going to try to simplify this because it's along what you guys are doing, will allow you to save libraries to the layout and add those libraries in any module. So you basically will have the Divi Builder inside of mm. the Divi Builder, so to speak. Now, I don't know that that's a long-term solution, but it's really, really cool. SJ showed it to me last week. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, you know. Man, you're going to love me. And... He showed it to me and it sounds exactly like what you guys are talking about. Um, yeah, it might be. I mean, I, I think I've seen you guys promoing the Divi builder everywhere and if, there's a um, couple other, the mm-hmm just came out and uh -huh, that's like right. a big part of what yeah. they do. Supposedly it's like the headers <laughs> and footers. Um, but yeah, I was just using that one yesterday. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, it's not a new idea by any means, but we we're trying to do it in an official capacity where it's like, you know, right. I think it's great. Like anytime we can cut out plugins, to be honest, yeah. is, you know, I'm, I'm all on board. And if it's built hey, from the core, hey, I, mean, Sarah, hey. I know, I'm I love you, David. I always, I'm happy to give my money, but I, I love the idea that when stuff is built from the core, that it's intended to function yeah, I, correctly. I and that when stuff is updated, it's less likely to have issues. So yeah, and, um, I'm really excited that this is coming, becoming part of the core of it. Like I use page builder everywhere on almost all my sites at the moment and I would be lost without it. So lost without it. But the, you know, the more this functionality can become part of the core part of Divi, I, I think is also fabulous. And I'm sure there will be more plugins you can make in the future, David. Yes. No worries. There's Sarah always problems it. to be solved. Sarah likes it. Then you have like the 5% of the, of the users going, this is too bloated. 
Yeah, I have to call myself out here because Sarah actually has an open ticket with Divi Life with oh, a, I do. a Divi, <laughs> over, Divi Overlay's Visual Builder. It's W. It's very specific. It's only Visual Builder and it's only WP Engine. That's why it hasn't been Actually, yet. I tried it the other day. I think it might be fixing itself somehow. I don't know, but... That's anyway. another thing we added in the That's, last version was self yeah. Yeah. AI machine learning. <laughs> you know what though? All this really makes a big impact on not just blog posts, but for other post types as well. So projects yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like I'm working on a site right now that is a massive site. We have property listings and there's different categories listings of property directories. Yeah. Directories. There's pieces of equipment for their auctions that go in certain property listings. So it's been a super intricate process. And um, man, I wish that that update was already up before I started. Because <laughs> it's about to go live and I know that I'm probably going to want to redo all of it. But once there's like 200 properties out there, I'm, we're going to just roll with it. But yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it, it makes a difference on Isn't all. that like the most heartbreaking part when like, you've found workarounds, all these like crazy workarounds to make something work. And then finally, like some new feature gets released and you're like, I yep. really want to go back and fix it all. But that's <laughs> yep. so much time out of my time. That and, then, and then what happened was the, the recent update on Divi where you could add the, the page builder to different post types. Yeah. I actually literally held off on working on that site for almost a month. Like I did as wow. much as I could without doing the templates and stuff. Like I designed as much as I could without that because I knew that that was coming, coming out. So I was yeah. every day I was like, come that's on, smart. come on. Come I still on. haven't had a chance to use it. I'm like... Yeah, I'm so it's awesome. About that one. So I don't know yeah. if you did this, uh, Josh, but we on the content team, like we always have to be planning for like what kind of blog posts we're going to do based on the new features. And so obviously we couldn't, we didn't, we didn't have access to that feature until it was released either. Um, and so what we did was we built a bunch of layouts that we were like, okay, well, we'll just like create the page widths and stuff like that that are sort of similar to what the live content area is going to be in that custom post type. So we designed it as a normal page, saved it to the Divi library, and then just loaded those into the new content areas when it was possible. Nice. That would have been a really smart idea. (laughs) (laughs) Nathan, I might be reaching out to you a little more, man. (laughs) He's a smart cookie. David, I have a question. Well, I, I have a question for the listeners and viewers, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm I'm curious because I, I <laughs> in a weird way, you know, I'm I'm supposed to be the Divi advocate, and I am. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to just straight blogging, um, like I said earlier, you know, like I view Divi as as primarily a design tool. So I actually just like kind of jump ship when it comes to like the actual just putting words down part. So I, I use a third party app. But for people who like to actually blog in the builder itself, like say on the visual builder side, for instance, I could see um, that being really fun for some people. What are things about blogging within like writing within the builder that you wish were different or improved in Divi? I'd just love to get like a laundry list started. Mine might sound like I'm an idiot, so I'm nervous to say it, but I haven't managed to get the shortcuts working for like make it header one, header two, header three, make it a um, link, those things. I don't know if I'm just doing something wrong, but I never get that working. But being able to use shortcuts, I think that would, you know, be amazing. Cool. Yeah, one thing I've noticed is because I'll, I'll typically write in Evernote or something else and then bring it into the Divi Builder, but then I'll go through and like do all my linking directly in, you know, the text module. Yes. And same. yeah, if there's a lot of text in that same module, it can be kind of difficult to scroll through. And especially with linking, you'll hit the, the link button and then you'll have to, it won't automatically scroll to where that. Yeah. And so it's, it's not as fluid as it, as it could be. I have a, uh, somebody in my Divi web designers group posted a little solution for that. It's a little PHP snippet. I can post that. Cause I have that. On make all the my bar snippet. travel with it. Cause yeah. that'd be amazing. Yeah, it does. Yeah. The, the bar oh, travels. Right. With that it. would be amazing. And it, it seems like, it seems like linking in the visual builder, like, isn't as easy. 
Yes, I agree. And this, the settings are different yeah, between yeah. the back end and the front end. And I find one of them's better than the other. Yeah, that, so that's why I usually like if I'm proofing and I do go into the back end, it's because of like links and like, yeah. You know, well, like, that's why, because it looks up pages, whereas the front end editor doesn't look up pages. When you like type a page, it doesn't like auto populate the link. Yeah, but yeah, Nathan, to your, to your question, I, that was the biggest kind of um, downfall for the page builder for me is when you're using a text module, just that to where you yeah. get a lot of text in there and you have to scroll back up and uh, I'm going to look uh -huh. up that Which little is where, Even just the shortcuts. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Does anyone know them? I can't get them to work. Yeah, we have a cheat. You can pull up the cheat sheet of them like in the builder. Oh, okay. I'll go look that up because I've tried and I just, I'm doing something wrong. I, I feel, I feel silly because I don't use as many shortcuts as I should either. So I don't know exactly where to tell you to go right now, but it's definitely in the documentation because I remember us writing up the documentation for that. <laughs> I'm like in a mode at the moment where I'm trying to learn every shortcut I can to like yeah. save time in life. So I'm learning like all like copy and paste shortcuts and so those shortcuts, I spend so much time scrolling back up to like change something to a different header or to mm. do a link or whatever. So, Josh, your snippet does that is that like uh, enable like typewriter scrolling where you're the where the line that you're working on always stays in like the middle of the screen? Is that what that does? Or no. am I misunderstanding it? No. Um, so if, if you're using the, the Divi Builder on a blog post or any page and you're using the text module, if you text a lot and you go down, the toolbar gets lost. Like it stays up oh, top. So okay, you know, I see. It fixes it to, to the top, scroll. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. this, uh, yeah, this just fixes it so it hangs with you. That sounds amazing. Oh, that's neat. That's really cool. Yeah. So the, that's another thing that I think would be, would be neat, um, would be the typewriter scrolling where if you're writing just in general, I thought Gutenberg could benefit from that too. It's just like for any writing experience. And, um, if you're in the flow, like particularly if you're like free writing or you're writing an essay or a rant or something, and, and you don't really have to stop and do a lot of research and stop and start, if you're just going, it's incredibly frustrating to write. And then you get your eyes to the bottom of the page and then your eyes stay like, your head's like cocked and you're looking <laughs> at the bottom of the screen. It's like, oh my gosh, just put it right in the middle of the page and keep it there because that's where I want to be looking. So that's the types typewriter scrolling does and all the writing apps that I use have that feature. I always enable it and it's really pleasant. That sounds good. I think it's been a fantastic episode. Is there anything else that anybody wants to, maybe we could do it in parting thoughts. We started a few minutes late. We're a few minutes past. The hour. Oh, I've got one or... more thing to mention about my experience of using the, yes. the text editor that really annoys me is like when the second line of editing options is not enabled straight away. A lot of clients find that really challenging to know which oh, button. Right. I know that's like a general WordPress thing, mm -hmm. but it means that for a lot of clients, they don't know how to find the button because it's like in the middle, which is weird, but then they have to find the button that then enables the second row. And that's a problem for a lot of my clients. So just adding that one in there. The end. Awesome. <laughs> well, I can, I can throw a uh, final thought out there to kick us off. Go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll go with, because I'm trying to think how I want to direct this. I'll go with putting myself in the shoes of someone who has clients who are blogging. So if you're a freelance web designer or a team who, who has clients blogging, I would say kind of going back to Sarah's problem that she mentioned early on, with having to go in and change, like if they wanted to add a, a call to action section and then you have to go to all the blog posts out there and then, and then change every one. I know there's a lot of updates coming that are really gonna solve that kind of thing, but I would say just be intentional about the, the template and what's around the content and then make sure you plan with your client upfront what they expect with that. So do they want a call to action underneath every post? Do they want something on the sidebar? I think the blog for me, at least it seems like that's not really planned out well with my builds, which I, I, I think I really need to refine how I do that because clients will say, I want to add a blog too. I'm like, okay, cool. Easy peasy. And then I just don't, I don't think about it. Um, but that if it goes really well and it gets successful and they blog a lot, if that's not planned out, that's where things can get really tricky because you could eventually go into a hundred different posts and have to recreate a template for everything. So yeah, that's what I would say. Great point. Who wants to go next? Corey, your lips moved. Oh, they did. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess my closing thought would be 
you know, just kind of evaluate and do what's going to work best for either yourself or your client. Um, if you have a real copy heavy, uh, have a real copy heavy content, you know, maybe you're putting out like research type type uh, posts and things like that. Uh, you might want to go towards the uh, traditional editor um, where it's, you know, easier to edit and um, easier to read if, it, if it's a lot of words. Um, if it's like a lifestyle um, type blog or maybe about, pro you know, products, reviews or something like that. I, I think, I think uh, you know, using a builder is going to give you more power to um, to show off whatever you are, you know, by putting in those galleries and, and, and uh, you know, uh, quotes and, and different things like that. So just kind of use whatever works best for yourself or your client. And uh, Tim, beta test and Nginx for Sarah's sake, okay? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I use WPN. I know, I know. I know, that's the funny thought. That is hilarious. He's like, it's also broke for me. <laughs> I don't really use the visual builder that much on my site because, in case you haven't noticed, I haven't touched the design in like three years. So that's probably why I haven't caught it. <laughs> Tim, Tim's talking. He gets to go next. Yeah, I guess um, my final thought. Kind of to reiterate something Corey said earlier, I think uh, blogging period is more important than like blogging and having everything as pretty as possible. And so uh, whether you're blogging for yourself or you're setting up your for your client, uh, try to eliminate as many barriers as possible. So if that's, you know, good training with um, you know, adding a new layout that already has global modules and, and making sure that they have a step-by-step -step guide or a video so that they know what to do or just eliminating the builder altogether and just using the traditional and setting up a, a good PHP template or using an injector plugin or the soon-to-come uh, Divi theme builder with dynamic content. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that's probably my final thought because um, you know, when you're not in the habit of writing, writing is hard. And so if you add any type of barrier, it's just going to hold you back from actually getting content out there. Awesome. And I'm going to save the best two before me for last. So go Sarah. <laughs> you're like, what the hell did he just say? <laughs> My thing is, if you don't need to just hold off building any sites for a few months and then you'll be fine. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I, I definitely make use of plugins and there are a few plugins out there. I'm sure we'll put links in them. One of them is Sean Barton. Is it Barton? Sean Barton's plugin. Anyway, I know it's sold on the other site, but whatever. It's great. Um, and then obviously this new plugin that SJ's just, well, sorry, the addition to Page Builder Everywhere sounds like it's going to be really amazing. So there are plugins that can help you achieve what you need to achieve um, or maybe even try that other plugin that um, Nathan was talking about where you've got the tick boxes. Like for my clients where the issue is they forget to make it full width and they forget to make it um, like remove the sidebar. That's all they need to remember how to do. Maybe just the checkbox thing would be enough for those kind of clients. Um, it so yeah, don't be afraid to use plugins if they're actually going to make it work for you. But, yeah, that plugin cool. needs some love and attention before we it's, can. It's, it's eight years unupdated. It's, it's I'm a bit scared of that. Compatible with WordPress 3.05, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an incredibly simple like plugin. Plug but in, still. But you know. Yeah, yeah. That's Should it. I go? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I have two. I think there's two ideas that I would want to close off with. The first one is, um, you know, keep keep your workflow as simple as possible. Um, like to echo what a few people have said now. You know blogging, just writing, writing is hard. I mean, uh, the act of writing is simple, but the act of getting your thoughts in the way that you want them communicated onto a page is difficult. And the harder you make that, <laughs> um, the worse you're going to be. So, um, to complement that idea though, um, I would say, you know, don't be afraid to use the right tool for the job. You know, like if your main hurdle is actually writing, find a tool that helps you write. That's, you know, that's what I do. Like I focus on getting the words out before I worry about designing them or making or presenting them. And so for me to use a, an app that is just for writing is sometimes the best thing to do right off the bat so that I actually get the, get the thing done. Um, and then once it's done, I can worry about presentation. I can worry about affiliate linking. I can worry about all this other stuff um, that is really, you know, aesthetic or business. It's not writing. And so, um, 
if if you have to use something completely different so that you can use Divi to get the best parts of Divi um, for your content, then then don't be afraid to do that. Like don't don't stick with one thing out of a weird sense of you know loyalty or uh, you know I, I have to use this tool because it's cool or whatever. Like use what works for you and and create great content. Awesome. Well. I am a page builder loving machine. I hate the WYSIWYG editor and I'm going <laughs> to encourage you to come to the dark side and join us page builder bloggers. Um, no, everything everybody said was great. I, I agree. You know, find what works for you and, and roll with that. The most important thing is to blog. Um, if you hate blogging, hire a blogger. If you don't like writing, hire someone because it's very, very important. And it does at the end of the day, Google doesn't care whether you're using a page builder to blog or you're using the WYSIWYG editor. They just want you to do it and stuff. And that's how you're going to get found. Uh, sorry about dipping out a little bit for this episode. Um, next week's topic, our good buddy Josh threw this in for a recommendation. And I'm going to throw it out for an official topic. We're going to talk about the pros and cons of working working naked i mean working yeah. from home. Yep. none of us have pants on if you can't tell everybody's in their home so it'll be a great topic and uh see you next week everybody thanks for coming on cheers guys